0: Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from The Hunger Games Tooch Transformers the Last Knight, Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Hello
1: and welcome to another episode of Stanning Stanley Toochie, I'm Hannah,
0: and I'm a hard-boiled detective named David, <laughs> and uh we're doing a sort of neo-noir turn for for the Tooch Um, yes, he's done, you know, the mob movies in almost every permutation except for the neo-noir. And now he's added this to his belt with the public eye, uh, 1993. So
1: I feel like this is a movie that just like no one our age has heard of. Like if you're a millennial, you don't know that this movie exists. Yeah. It's 1992.
0: But, uh, yeah, I (laughs) definitely a lost film. Uh, sort of similar to Quick Change, where I think there are people who were alive when it came out who know it. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. fitting because it is one of the same directors as Quick Change. Oh! Obviously not Bill Murray.
1: <laughs> yes, not Bill Murray. Uh,
0: yes, but it was directed by... Um, Howard Franklin, who was also the writer and who wrote a lot of Bill Murray comedies in the 90s.
1: Interesting. So a comedy writer.
0: But he was trying to get this script made for like 10 years. So it was definitely a passion project for him.
1: It's it's a good script. Like, I don't know. Like, I really enjoyed this movie. And like, I had never heard of it before. No one talks about this. But I want this podcast to be the beginning of the resurgence of this movie uh spearheaded around the amazing performance that Stanley Tucci delivers.
0: I, I think it is kind of a hidden gem, but uh I, I do think that there are some elements of it that like just straight up don't work, and I think we'll get to those. Um sure. but and, and I think like the fact that so much of it hinges on this Joe Pesci performance as Bernsey, Leon Bernstein yeah. otherwise known as the great Bernzini. Um, which is a really tough role to, uh, to, you know, to portray. He's portraying a sort of reinterpretation of a real life New York photographer who was known by the nickname Ouija, uh, not to be confused with, uh, Mario, Super Mario's brother. (laughs) Um, but, uh. Yes, Ouija uh, was a Ukrainian immigrant uh, photographer who at certain points worked with Stanley Kubrick and also, you know, had several art exhibits and art books of his photography of the sort of underclasses of New York in the pre- and post-war periods.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, Joe Pesci does an incredible job here. Like, it this is a hard character to make likable, you know, like he he poses dead bodies and Right. Like, For those of you
0: who have seen uh Nightcrawler with uh so yeah. with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal or uh, however you pronounce it. Uh it's it's that movie was also loosely based on this photographer. Um the idea that he was more interested in the art of taking pictures for tabloid magazines than any other tabloid magazine photographer. But what that means is he's creating art out of tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that could mean posing bodies or throwing hats where there aren't hats because people like to see the hats. Yeah, um, It's not portraying reality as it is, but a heightened photographic reality which is also you know movies uh, yeah it's it's a little bit sketch
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i i think it's really i i also very much felt the um the similarities to nightcrawler when i was watching this and i think though while nightcrawler sort of takes it on like this you know the almost sociopathic like, lens of right. the kind of person who could succeed really well and considers this, uh, or, or you know, takes it really seriously. Um, you know, this is a much more uh, emotional, human role than the one that Jake Hall portrays.
0: Yeah, well, well, they're they're trying to go for, look, people say he's like the scum of the earth. What does that do to a person? That guy, mm-hmm. the scum of the earth guy, he's lonely. At the yeah. end of the day, like one of the first scenes that he's in, he's approached by a, a sex worker who's mm-hmm. like, you know, want to spend the night? And he's like, I can I'm married. And he, she's like, I can tell you're not married. And also <laughs> you haven't had a girlfriend in a long time or maybe. Yeah. Ever. Uh, so they're sort of, you know, trying to portray him as a loser, uh, which is very mm. much not the kind of roles that Pesci normally takes where he's these heightened uh, kind of clownish gangsters. Um, what, well, not clownish. He would be offended if I said that. Probably. <laughs> what am I a clown to you? Uh, but this is this is post Goodfellas. It's post Home Alone, yeah. Yeah. and it's post My Cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. And he took on this, you know, almost like totally forgotten role. I, I just think that's interesting. And yeah, it's one of the things I love about doing this show, where we're just following two G's. <laughs> Rise to power, where it, we just find these films that I I would never watch otherwise. Yeah, they, they would never fall into my lap. Yeah, it's uh, outside. Of it's this.
1: a honestly very fascinating uh, tour through film history via the tooch. Um Right. <laughs> so, do we do we want to talk about the plot? Do we just want to talk about Tucci? How do we want to dive in? Well, I just
0: I think the plot is kind of. Thin. Sure. You know, it's almost like not the point. Yeah, basically, you know, like any neo noir, it's very self conscious of Joe Pesci goes and he meets this dame, and the dame cannot be trusted, but she's beautiful and she flatters him. And So he then, you know, goes off to to do just one simple task for the dame. But it spirals into, oh no, there's a dead body. Now we've got to solve the mystery of who killed them and why. And then we get involved with the mob. And the mob's involved with with the cops. And the cops are involved with the army. And there's a scam involving selling stolen gas coupons. Because it's World War II. And there's a war effort. And people need coupons. But ultimately... There's one of the mob families double-crosses the other. They shoot the hell out of them. But there's this lowly, you know, he's not a private eye. He's a public eye. He's a
1: public eye. And he ends up in the public eye. And, uh, you know. And he
0: takes pictures um, of this mob hit, you know, this mob massacre taking place. And then he makes it on the front cover of the news. And so he doesn't go to jail. And he's...
1: But he he exposes that this mob was involved with uh with the government.
0: Right. He he and he takes down those you know Republicans uh who are you know scamming people by selling these uh, stolen coupons. So he's a hero. Yeah, but uh, he's the hero. You know the the public good, the knowledge of the free press wins in the end. So but you can't
1: it's... turn it off, David. He can't turn it off.
0: <laughs> right. In the very last scene, you see him in a car and there's a police scanner. And uh, his friend from the newspaper um, you know, says, how do I turn this thing off? And he's like, I can't turn it off. And he's like, ain't this the off switch right here? And he's like, I can't turn it off. And that's the and last line of the movie. It's
1: because he can't turn off his photographer's eye. Everything's just waiting to be, <laughs> be photographed.
0: Right, yeah. The way they portray that in the film is like... Whenever he's about to take a photo, everything goes slow-mo and in black and white. Yeah. So it's like he can see the the photos in his mind before it's, they're even developed, man. It's almost
1: very, like, anime, <laughs> you know? No,
0: it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I kind of love like, it, though.
0: Yeah. It's it's like the perfect moment to take the <sighs> shot. No. <laughs> um, but he also does, like, plenty of, like, fun antics. And I kind of wish yeah. that they leaned into this more and made it more, like, Silly and campy, you know. That's not aesthetic. I, it's not everyone's. But I like. Think... There, I just want to point out to one scene where he he dresses up as a priest to get into an ambulance, and he pretends to give the last rites. But
1: it's like nonsense Latin because he's this right. Jewish and, kid and for it's While he's
0: doing the nonsense Latin, he's checking the the light temperature values. And he's like uh, 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 forty two. Uh, uh, yeah, click click. And then the guy who he's like who's watching him give last rites, is like, "Hey, what, what are you trying to pull?" And then he you know gets Tosses thrown out of the out. back of an ambulance. And it's like I think that's fun. It's cute. It like it doesn't ruin the emotional no. engagement for me. Not at so all. I'd I agree. Want more of that.
1: I I another moment. Um, I think that's kind of similar. Is he? You know, he gets picked up by the mob at one point. They're like, "Why'd you call the cops?" But while he's getting picked up, the one guy like throws his camera down on the ground. He's like, get in the car. And he just keeps saying, get in the car. And he's like, all right, I'm in the camera? car. Can I get my camera? Can,
0: get, can I, can I <laughs> and get he's my camera like, now? I'm in the car, he, all right? Can I get my camera?
1: And then just as that guy gets in the car, he jumps out, grabs the camera, and gets back.
0: Yeah. No, I love that kind of slapstick. I mean, yeah. I think that comes from like the aesthetic of the director being oh, like, yeah. he does Bill Murray comedies, which are very deadpan uh often but they're also very you know uh slapsticky and physical comedy ish so right it's like trying to blend that with like a dramatic noir aesthetic can it's interesting for sure i I think it's worth checking out for that
1: yeah um, and I think it works. You know, there are very few moments where I was just like, "No, that was jarring," or like a weird cut or something like that. I
0: think it's the opposite. I think it's a little too muted, a little too too dull. But I think for the most part, like, I like it functions it. as a narrative. You you follow it for the character. You know, yeah. I I think like it's compelling. It's a film that is bound to create divisions. Like, it's to, I don't think you would say that everyone would necessarily like this film
1: sure on, but on i think grounds. i think uh i think if more people now knew it existed and they watched right. it they would I check think, it out
0: and they would see it as a gem yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was watching like the the old siskel and ebert uh review of mm-hmm. it you know back when they were doing at the movies on yeah TV.
1: roger ebert gave it a f- like four stars
0: in <laughs> well, a review, he gave it he gave it thumbs up uh And then he said, like, you know, I don't know that I, you know, he said, like, I don't know if if everything about it works. I I know that the plot, you know, is very flimsy. It's like a flimsy noir plot. But, you know, I just accept that because that's just like the genre. Right. Um, And then, you know, Siskel was like very much like, I don't I don't think we got enough of like. Why he cares so much about his art and his photography and like what his aesthetic is because we, you know, there's a lot of respect given to him as a character, but not to him as an artist. And I thought that was like kind of a lame read. Yeah, Uh, Gene Siskel, come at me from (laughs) beyond the grave. (laughs) Um, Um,
1: yeah, no, (laughs) it's interesting though, the like Rotten Tomatoes score on this, though, it's like. 65% 65% for critics and 51% for, like, audience score.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like it would be divisive because I feel like a lot of people wouldn't get it. I feel like a lot of people would just be like, "What? this is, like, not a very interesting noir plot. And, like, <laughs> it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be just, like, a portrait of a really weird character. And I think a lot of people going in expecting, like, a big Joe Pesci performance mm-hmm. are going to be like, that's not joe you know that's not good <laughs> that's not the
1: joe i love. see this is i i love actors who normally play play these like big over-the-top roles doing something a little bit more down to earth and and serious like I love Will Ferrell in uh, *Stranger Than Fiction*. You know, that's probably no, my I, I favorite. I think that's a Will totally
0: valid aesthetic preference. Yeah, uh, I just think it's like this is not going to be a movie for every single person. It's gonna for sure. It's gonna put some people off, but yeah. I think, yeah, it's just a weird hidden gem of the '90s. It's There's great. not much else like it, like to compare it to. No, as far as like other neo noirs, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's neat.
1: It's delightful, for sure. Um, should we talk about the tooch of it all?
0: I think we have to, yeah. it's, it's what the whole show is about. <laughs> um, the tooch is absolutely hotter in this movie than he has ever been before, and I'm including Monkey Shines in that. Yeah. Um, he is just banging. In this yeah run. he's, he's
1: ripped like he looks he's, like he bulked up for this you know I mean
0: he's always been built but like so few directors recognize him for his <laughs> talent as a mostly shirtless actor uh because they'd see his hairline and they're like that can't be sexy and then he takes his shirt off and then like if you're watching the video podcast right now you can see two glorious angles of him those wearing his arms. red suspenders and wife beater those um,
1: arms is all i'm gonna say <laughs> not normally an arms person but those arms uh i, I also mean, it's i
0: undeniable. also
1: i love tucci in this role so he plays as sort of a, a sal mid-level gangster uh yeah. for one Who's, of the whose two name two is families. you know
0: Salvatore. like right. if you're sal like you're not the head of the crime family you're you know You're probably somebody lower down on the rungs, but you're going to be a character, goddammit. You're Salvatore. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know why (laughs) it's true, but it is.
1: (laughs) But, uh, you know, so it turns out that Tucci is playing the double agent and is selling out his his, uh, crime family to another crime family. And Joe Pesci discovers this and confronts him about it in a great scene. And this is sort of the bulk of Tucci's um, uh, appearance in the film. And and most of his screen time is in this scene. But it's great because, you know, Stanley Tucci is not a tall man. But, like, the only person that he gets to be tall and intimidating to is definitely Joe Pesci. You know? (laughs) Just, like,
0: like you can kind of see... He seems like a genuine threat to to Joe Pesci. Right. And especially
1: with those meat, like, hunk of meat arms that he's got
0: there. Right.
1: This is this guy.
0: Right. And, like, I don't know. To to me, like, I think I would compare Joe Pesci's performance to, like, your average Jack Lemmon performance. He's, like, such a (laughs) down-on-his-luck, like, guy. He's, you know, he's a schmuck. He's nobody. He's described in parts as, like, quasimodo like, yes. that he's associating with this, like, beautiful woman, the dame, uh, Kay Levitz.
1: <laughs> that was a um, great line, by the way. Uh, it's like, Quasimodo and sarsaparilla. You mean Esmeralda? <laughs> it's, like, so yeah. dumb, but I loved it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's, it's, like, constantly made a big thing that, like, he's doing all this for this woman who's mm-hmm. never going to be with him, never going to well, show him the time of day.
1: And that he's breaking all his rules, you know? Like, he doesn't get oh, involved. Yeah. And now right involved. that's his thing is
0: he knows everybody in the mob cuz he takes pictures of dead people but he's not he's never you know called the cops on a mob's you know on a mob hit or anything and now he's like calling the cops who are then calling the feds because yeah. this thing goes all the way to the top yeah. and so now the the crime families are really like they're mad at him um and then basically because he has this heart to heart with Tucci and Tucci tells him like Oh, and he blackmails Tucci with a photo of him, you know, breaking ranks and yeah. going to the other family. I,
1: I loved this scene. So basically, you know, he he shows Tucci the picture and at first Tucci kind of throws him out uh, and then he's like, come in, come in, let's talk right. about this. Uh, and you, then he just show me follows... this picture
0: in front of my mother.
1: Right. <laughs> and then he, he, you know, Tucci is just like walking around the kitchen trying to sort of not- deal with the fact that he's been found out basically. And Joe Pesci is just following around and like throwing the pictures into drawers and throwing them onto cutting boards in front of him until finally, you know, he just takes a picture and rips it in half and throws it away. It's all very like physical and embodied. Like you, you believe this performance from Tucci, you
0: know? Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, there's definitely like a lot of craft in it in the way that he, plays it very low-key very down-to-earth it, it feels very like like he's definitely channeling like i don't know maltese falcon big chill you sure. know something of that era um <laughs> i can't tell you exactly where his influences are all right you have to get him for an interview oh uh, if anybody, Tucci.
1: Tucci, if anybody come can on. get him <laughs> we love it we stand you <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but yeah he's definitely channeling something um when, whenever he's like smoking it's very like you know you can see his nervousness he paces around the room very well he he controls the space he does
1: a, a couple of like tucci you know chin rubs yeah yeah uh, he's got a couple of those i would say uh the accent for this it's definitely still like a new york mobby italian accent but it's like the most... Yeah, it's
0: not his voice, but it's not as cartoony as he's been in any of his other... I
1: movies. would 100% agree. This is sort of the most, um, <laughs> not realistic, but grounded. just, like, grounded, yeah. Uh, grounded Cinematic, mob. Cinematic, <laughs> Yeah, mob it's, accent. It's even more seen. than, like,
0: Men of Respect, where I think oh, he's yeah. doing a heightened thing because he's doing Shakespeare, and it's like, <laughs> you know, hey, look at me. And, like, Billy Bathgate, where he's doing, like... I don't know. It's almost comedic, right? That he comes in at the end and like kills everybody. He's just just there to mug at everyone. World, he's mugging, yeah. And uh, in this one, no, he's like down in the dumps. He's like, I'm probably gonna die. I'm killing my entire family to go like for the possibility that I survive. I'm selling them out. Yeah, this sucks. At the very least, I can do is be nice to this burnsy guy who uh, (laughs) is blackmailing me but he's a yeah. genuinely pretty nice dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's great because, you know, Bernsey's trying to figure out if uh, the woman who hired him, Kay, is, uh, you know, if she's known this whole time or not. Like, is she dirty? Is she clean? Trying to suss that out. Um, and he he basically, like, asked Tucci, but did the wife know? And Tucci's just like, how the fuck would I know? Why would I know that? Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like absolutely befuddled about like why right. that's I think even it's a relevant. great line
0: read for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just right at the end being like, wow, but did she know? When did she know? And him just being like, that's not, you're just raising that for the audience. Like that's not me.
1: man. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your own business. I don't know anything about the wife. Um, and yeah. so um, he, he becomes the key plot point though, because, you know, bernsey wants to take photos of the massacre that's happening right and he uh he wants to do it both for professional interest but also to protect Kay. uh right the people who are threatening
0: her are this crime family yeah and they they want her because her dead husband was the person who was the source of stealing these coupons in the first place so he's the only person who can trace it back to the government Mm -hmm. and their mob ties Mm -hmm. which doesn't look good for anybody so she's a loose end so she's she's being threatened he's a loose end tucci is a loose end and so you have this like absolutely like heartbreaking scene where he's like He's just called his, uh, you know, his capo to be like, hey, where are we meeting for the Italian dinner at the Italian restaurant? Or
1: they they call him and they have a guy posted there.
0: Right. And then, the yeah, yeah. one of the, the crime family he's betraying them for is right behind him. And he's like, you feel bad? And he's like, what do you mean? Of course I feel bad. I feel terrible. And then he's got a gun. Ugh. And just blasts him. It won't feel he's bad like, anymore. And now
1: he's like, you'll, you'll get, get over, over
0: it. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, such, it's a classic, you know, mob hit scene. But right. He, but now Bernsy like,
1: doesn't know where the yeah. hit's going to be because Tucci was uh, supposed to tell him. Oh, no. Right.
0: But he's so, clever, right? Like, that's his whole thing is that he, can, he knows, like, almost supernaturally how to be at a crime scene when it happens. He's got a Here nose for news. He's got a nose for news. So he calls every Italian restaurant to make a reservation. The one that says they're having a private party, that's the one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So he goes there, um, and strangely enough, I don't know the name of this actor, but there is a guy in there who is essentially black Tucci. He looks... <laughs> he what? looks almost... Exa- He's wearing a wife beater with red suspenders. I think he has they were muscular like, arms. I think He has were... a receding hairline. The only two differences between Tucci and this guy is that this guy is black and he has a mustache. Only difference,
1: like no speaking lines.
0: No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not as big of a character, but I just thought it's it was it like threw me for a second because it was a darkly lit scene, and I was like, Wait, I thought Tucci was dead. Now he's in this restaurant. Wait, no, that guy is a black man. That that's is not Tucci.
1: So funny that you had that thought. I do think they recycled <laughs> the wife beater and uh, suspenders, though. That it was a big aesthetic
0: were. in the forties, but true. like, it's just they funny did, like, to me
1: exactly the same though um yeah so you know turns out in the end uh they
0: do the massacre but but you know pesci gets the shots he gets the shots he gets them to the newspaper he gets shot he gets questioned by the police who are trying to get him to like you know tell me tell me where you put the photos so we can burn them and destroy them and cover yeah. up all the evidence and then he's like oops too late it's already in the late edition of the newspaper <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, and then he's a hero.
0: He's a hero, and then he says, "I don't like to have my picture yeah. taken."
1: Even though earlier in the movie, he says everybody likes to get their picture took.
0: <laughs> <sighs> right. Or just he also says everybody eventually gets their picture taken either when they're alive or after? And let me tell you, nobody looks better after. <laughs> a lot of a lot of really interesting lines and and sort of arguments he does in order to get people to do what he wants.
1: I mean I think that's that's part of the beauty of the character that makes him so watchable and kind of likable is that he does have this strange charm. Um right. and he's got like a like sense of nobody. he's a right.
0: shutterbug. He's He's
1: got charisma. A fly on the wall. He's got charisma. He knows how to talk to people to get what he wants, which is usually just a photograph. Um when, you know, it's It's just exciting to watch him succeed. He's such an underdog that it's always fun no
0: he, he really is yeah uh, yeah it's it's the whole movie hinges on the performance. you either like it or you don't. Um, we but, clearly uh, loved it <laughs> yeah. and uh and I really liked uh, Tucci in this role and not yeah. just because he has his shirt off uh, <laughs> but, which he doesn't in, in a lot of these so far, but he just he definitely looks his best. In this lighting, or something about it, works for yeah. him. It's um, interesting.
1: Tucci is credited pretty high up on this one. Uh, you know, not, not like first or second credit, it's, but he's like it's the order first, of appearance. Oh, is it? But he's yeah. the first he, one after uh, after the title, which to me is always like. Is he? Oh, in yeah. the opening credits. I, opening I was looking. Credits. I was thinking of the closing. No, no, credits. no, no, no. I'm talking about the opening credits.
0: Yeah, he must. He must be pretty up there. I mean. He definitely was cast on purpose by the director who knew him from Quick Change. You know, I don't think any of the other actors had worked with him significantly before. The only uh, there there were some other interesting connections as far as like the the cast that we didn't mention. I just want to say there was a brief Blinking You Miss It cameo by Richard Schiff, who you might know from uh, The West Wing, uh, yeah. where he plays uh, Toby. He he's just. A slower photographer. That's just his role. (laughs) He comes into a building and he's like, ah, Joe (sighs) Pesci beat me. He doesn't say a line and then he just leaves. That's crazy. Uh, Uh, And then there's Jared
1: Harris as well, who plays Danny. (laughs) Um, who's like this is basically the Irish doorman, uh, of right? The who club knows that all K the runs. people, right? Who's sort of an asshole and doesn't like right. doesn't like uh, and ends up he's an informant for the mob, ah, of course. <laughs> um, but he's played by I know him um, as the the British guy from Mad Men who comes in and like buys out oh. the uh, oh. that he's also in Chernobyl. He was, I think, oh, okay. like the main yeah. scientist in that. He's in a bunch yeah. of stuff, uh, but he's like a bit role as like he's doing a very weird Irish accent. Like I feel yeah. like he was clearly cast because like you're British, you can do an Irish accent. He's like, <laughs>
0: sure. Or Are we sure he doesn't just do British accents and everything you've seen him I'm
1: pretty sure he is British. <laughs> I'm almost a hundred percent sure.
0: All right, see. is he your uh, whomst we also for this week? I,
1: I mean, like, they Barbara Hershey, like who I just recognized on site, but like, she's not, like, she's not like famous, famous.
0: No, but uh, you know, she but, like, she, she was, was in Black um, Swan.
1: She was, right. she was the mother in that. She's like she's played the mom in a lot of things. I think
0: she she's also worked with um, Scorsese. Same yeah. with uh, with Pesci. I forget which. Which movie she was in.
1: Oh, she also... She was in Hannah and Her Sisters as well. Um, with uh, Woody Allen. Yeah, I don't know. Like, she's just done a lot. Uh, and she does a great job here. I think her performance as Kay is um, really right. well done. But no
0: one in the film has done more than Richard Riley. Who <laughs> was actually in a another... He, he has... Worked with Tucci before, yeah. Uh, as the the brother or or maybe husband of Kath, Kathy Bates in uh, Prelude to a Kiss. That's
1: who he was in that. Okay, all right. <laughs> and he
0: plays a cop named Officer O'Brien if... who <laughs> has the great line, which is, "Do you think? Uh, wait, I can I can quote it exactly. Let me let me get it." Pesci says they like to see, you know, they they like to see a dead guy, uh, you know, with his with his hat. And he says, well, they want to see a dead guy's dick. Maybe I should take (laughs) his pants off. Um, So that's a great line by Richard Riley. Yeah. uh, Talking about taking a cadaver's pants (laughs) off. Uh, the cameras.
1: I swear to God, you do not know this man by name, but you for sure know him by face. Like, it, he has just been in, like, everything. He has had a bit part on whatever your favorite show is, almost guaranteed. Yeah. He had
0: 13 credits in 1995. Uh, right. Like, he's a very prolific character I, actor. I believe he did the voice of Boomy in The Legend of Yes, Gora.
1: yes, he did that. Uh, you know, he's in... <laughs> He's got a bunch of stuff coming out in 2021, stuff that's in pre production, <laughs> post production. Like, he's just is still working, you know? Uh, he was yeah. born in 1948. Like, this man does not rest. He is a working actor.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, big, big props to him. But I think that my whom we also has got to be Joe. Joe Pesci is.
1: It's got to be Joe.
0: I mean, he, whether this is—I don't—I don't think I'd call this his best role, but I think it is a memorable role, and he is just an incredibly memorable actor. Yeah. He's done so few roles recently; he's basically left the profession mm-hmm. more or less. Um, and he—I know I've heard stories of him being like kind of rude to people who send him like scripts or something, mm-hmm. but you know, that's his prerogative because he's—he's done his duty to cinema right. and he got out and I think that's fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but he was so great in this and it was uh it was a pleasure. Is there any uh, Tucci news, David?
0: Yeah, the long awaited return of Tucci News. He's been a little quiet recently, uh, in the news. Still nothing happening with him <laughs> in his life. But um but finally we have more stands writing sort of think pieces or write ups on his uh, searching for Italy yeah. TV show. Yeah. Uh, so this one comes from The Guardian. Uh, hello, this is the big time, The Guardian. Uh, and this is written... Thank
1: you uh, to Stuart Heritage.
0: Yes, uh, we're going to probably tweet at Stu, Stu Heritage <laughs> to, uh, to see if we can get you on the show. Because um, yes. you are a stan in all of the right ways so let's read this article um we'll sort of trade off i'm just gonna read the uh i'm just gonna read the headline and the subhead and then you can start with the first sounds great uh so the headline is stanley tucci the flirty hero of foodie tv you need in your life and then the subhead... Love
1: it already.
0: <laughs> the actor charms the pants off everyone he meets in this new culinary travelogue that will whet your appetite for a trip abroad when it's finally allowed. Oh,
1: yes. Tell me more, Stuart. Uh, so, you may not realize this at the moment, but your heart has been crying out for a series like Stanley Tucci Searching for Italy. If you saw last night's first episode, Tucked Away on CNN International, you will already be aware of this. Thank you, Stuart. Like, I'm feeling the vibes. If you didn't stop what you're doing and seek it out, it's less a TV show and more an hour of full-body relaxation. By the time the episode ended, I felt as if my entire brain had been taken out and massaged in olive oil. Mr. Yeah. Heritage, which incredible.
0: Which could be an insult if you were talking about somebody who is inherently oily or greasy, <laughs> but this is the tooch. So we know that when he says, my brain is doused in olive oil, he doesn't mean that he's grossed out with that. No,
1: but is. it's massaged in olive oil. You know, it's, oh, <laughs> right. it's marinating in there. Yeah.
0: I also just see a caption under the photo of Tooch for the, the article that says the signature hypno dazzle. Um, yeah, maybe he is a little hypnotic. Maybe we should be wary of his wiles. Who's,
1: who, the Tooch? <laughs> yes. Oh.
0: Um, maybe we should be fearful of the power oh of my the gosh. Tooch. Um, although the title suggests a different series in which a beloved actor receives a concussion, <laughs> then forlornly attempts to navigate Google maps. This is actually a culinary travelogue. Tucci visits a different Italian region in every episode and contentedly samples its food. It is a formula you will have seen thousands of times before, albeit with a couple of key differences. The first is timing. Searching for Italy was filmed last summer in that near-mythical lull when COVID eased off, people uh, eased off, and people were briefly allowed out of their houses again. As such, the whole series is perpetually dazzled by the possibility of travel every restaurant, every mountain, every cobbled street is captured with a sense of awestruck wonder as if it were a newly rediscovered treasure. That, it's being broadcast now, when we're still not allowed to go abroad, only exacerbates this sensation. If you've missed European travel even slightly over these last 15 months, you're going to feel this show in your bones.
1: So... (laughs) I mean, I love that this assumes that you know, we've been traveling to Europe. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right. That's not what travelogues are necessarily for. They're for anybody who wants to feel as if they've experienced Italy or want to daydream about Italy, which is what Tucci does.
1: Um, But, you know, Mr. Heritage goes on to say the second difference about this show is its host. Shows like this tend to have a limited range. There are only so many times you can look at a tomato farm or visit a lemon grove as such they have re- heavily rely on the personality of whoever is in front of the camera. Anthony Bourdain's shows were ragged with the spirit of adventure, for instance, while Phil Rosenthal's are like watching a sugar-crazed toddler go wild in a supermarket. But Searching <laughs> for Italy has Stanley Tucci, for crying out loud. A man who cannot help but radiate ele- elegant calm from his pores.
0: For crying out loud. This
1: this you are clearly a stan dude like stew get again this
0: could be an insult if he was a really sweaty person oh my gosh. talking about his pores so much but we know because it's tucci that this is all meant in uh in a complimentary yeah. fashion in searching for italy tucci basically makes it his business to charm the pants off every italian he meets uh sort of going back to the subhead Uh, In Italian.
1: In Italian.
0: So this is the authenticity that he brings. Anyway, episode one takes place in Naples, and early on he visits a tiny century-old hole-in-the-wall pizzeria. He takes a bit of his calzone and then gazes at the middle-aged woman who made it for him. Fernanda, he purrs, you've changed my life. You'll get fat. She barks back flirtatiously. (laughs) Fully ready to leave her family for this stylish new stranger.
1: And aren't we all, Stu? Aren't we all?
0: Tucci does this to everyone. Chefs, farmers, old friends. They all fall under the powerful Tucci hypno-dazzle. There it is. The purring is constant, too. At one point, a violent hailstorm hits, and the camera crew rush inside to save their equipment. At this point, Tucci became the only person I have ever heard to purr the phrase, holy shit. So yeah, I think oh, this shit. is pointing to something that I haven't seen identified in all the other write-ups that we've seen on searching for Italy. So it's that it's his his sensuality, which I think has been commented on a little bit, but his sensual use of language, which I think yes. is is great. Uh this I mean, is the just, sort of show I, he was made to host. Tucci knows food and he knows Italy, and he carries himself with such assurance that you sort of want to give up act you sort of want him to give up acting and dedicate himself to this full time. There's already a sense that he could be the next Bordain, so he'll probably be allowed to make as many shows like this as he wants. Hell yes. Whether that happens or not is another matter. My feeling is that this works so well because Tucci is completely aligned with Italy, and a sequel called something like Stanley Tucci Searching for Belgium would lose its charm. You may be right. Yet he has played a Frenchman. That's so far. true. And, I think uh, he could do France. And I he's done he a, a German France. scientist and a German Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's he has he has the ability to portray with some authenticity other roles besides Italians. We just haven't really gotten to any of them yet. <laughs> But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Stanley Tucci searching for Italy is what we got, and we'd be silly not to savor every morsel. Thank you, uh, Stu. We are yeah. we are stands of you, and uh, we are glad that you are stands of San Tucci. So thank you yes. for your contribution. Thank you.
1: Um so that's that's it for the public eye. Uh, our next our next Tucci adventure will be in uh is it
0: Undercover Blues, David. Yeah, let's do uh, let's do Undercover Blues next. Why not?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. we're ge- we're heading into into 1993 us. finally. 1992 Ooh. was a big year for the Tooch. It was it was five movies. It's uh, a lot. We did uh, we did skip one where he's uncredited, uh, but we it's kind of lost media to us. Uh, we yeah. can't find it. The gun in Betty Lou's handbag. So as we're leaving 1992. We may one day return once we do our special on lost media. Uh, I, I'm so glad that the
1: find. year that the year of my birth, uh, you know, was such a momentous <laughs> year for Tucci as well.
0: Of course, yeah. I mean, he's only going to have more uh, credits, uh, or at You're least right. as many credits in my birth year, 1995. Oh, but, oh yeah. Know, we'll uh, we'll get there. Where we get there. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right. Well, we'll see. See you next week, Tucci heads. Name, Tucci. But
0: that's that guy from The Hunger Games. Transformers the Last night. Beauty and the Beast and, and director of Big Tucci.
1: Tucci Had Stanley Tucci searching Fertile been made before lockdown. If it had been the bloke with the wig from The Hunger Games eating risotto on a bench, it would have been fine. But this is the new and improved sexy post-viral Tucci. As such, his show is unmissable. So, Stu, I am going to have to stop you there and say that look at these arms. Uh, (laughs) Like, there is no...
0: Virality. I mean, he was always daddy. He was always... He's
1: so daddy, like the internet invented that term to talk about Tucci (laughs) and his class and his vibe. Like he's very sexy.